Jr., the host of Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, and welcome to a new episode of Punky Power. Today, I will be covering the episode, Season 3, Episode 14, entitled My Fair Punky, which aired on November 16th, 1987. Punky tries to fit in at a high society banquet. Girl, I get a feeling that this is going to end up, she's going to end up in tears. Someone's going to say, some rich snooty kid is going to say some crap to her. She's going to break down and Henry, Henry is going to come to her defense. Which I hope, because you know that he will. He's like, no one hurts my little girl. I don't care if this is a job. No one hurts my daughter. I hope everyone is having a nice sunny day. The weather's Decent looking outside. Well, the sun is out. Woke me up at like 8 this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was pain trying to get back to sleep. Like, I'm not getting up at like 8.30 in the morning. That's too early. Um, But if you listened to the last couple podcasts, I made the decision that I'm actually going to be recording two Punky Power podcast episodes a week. That way I can get the... um. The show is going to wrap up in sometime in August, and then in September, I'm going to start Silver Spoons. Together, we're going to find our way, Silver Spoons Season 1 podcast. And I'm only going to be covering Season 1 because, unfortunately, I have been unsuccessful in trying to find the other seasons. They're not out on DVD. I can't find them online. If magically I happen to find them, then I'll continue on after season one. But for right now, it's just going to be season one. So look forward to that. And let's get into this episode. So the episode opens up in the living room of the apartment. And Henry is really busy dusting, just making sure everything looks really good. So it looks like he's still doing his photography on the side while he also has Warnemont Studios. Guys, we have not even seen Warnemont Studios, I think, at all in Season 3. And that's probably why we're going to see what's going to happen towards the end of Season 3. Um, if you've seen the show before, spoiler alert, if you have not, Warnemont Studios in the mall is going to go bye-bye when someone else wants to buy it, thus bringing about... Punky's Place, which is the restaurant that Henry is going to own and manage for all of season four, the final season. This episode was written by Neil Leibowitz. Let's see what else he's done. This guy's written quite a bit of things. He wrote two episodes for Mork and Mindy, one for Three's Company, one for Sanford, four for the Jeffersons, five for Silver Spoons, which, like I said, I will be covering season one of that in the fall he wrote 10 episodes of punky brewster really he wrote in season one punky gets her own room slash lost and found he wrote dog day afternoon or dog doe afternoon he wrote i love you brandon and gals and dolls in season two he wrote christmas shoplifting urban fear and changes part two in three he wrote my fair punky and remember when in Season 4, he wrote Wedding Bells for Brandon, which is the series finale. Okay, cool, cool. He wrote 12 episodes for Mama's Family, one episode of Who's the Boss, two of Major Dad, one of Hanging with Mr. Cooper, and he wrote an episode of Yesteryear, which I saw some of Yesteryear. I thought that was kind of funny. I kind of like that show. 
So back to the apartment. Henry is cleaning. So and he's also got a feather duster in his mouth. He's just really making everything look good. So clearly he's got some important people coming over because why else would he be cleaning like this? I want to play this clip of Henry's cleaning up the couch and he pulls these hairs off the couch, looks at Brandon and says, hey, do these hairs belong to you? And Brandon barks and Henry's like, no, Brandon, Lonnie Anderson was never on our couch. No, those are, those are long blonde hairs. Brandon's fur is reddish blonde. So, no, those don't belong to him. So, I'm going to play this clip. I just think this is cute. I love his, Henry's interactions with Brandon, just kind of talking to him, like, and, like, Brandon's, like, talking back in his own way. It's just cute. So the doorbell rings and Henry's, oh crap, they're here. And he quickly uses a comb, kind of just smooth down his hair and everything. He takes what are newspapers, magazines, something or other, and sticks it just under the cushion of the couch. Opens the door and, well, it's just Betty. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, it's just you. Oh, crap. All right. So Betty comes in to tell Henry, like, she's heading to the supermarket because they got a big sale on dented cans. And she's like, do you want me to pick you up uh, some stewed prunes? And Henry's like, yeah, as only if the can is dented. Was that a, that kind of was a thing, I thought. I remember the movie Big Daddy when Adam Sandler's character was actually taking cans and chucking them on the floor to dent them. Because he said, you get a certain price off if the can is dented. Yeah, right. I've bought indented cans of whatever once in a while. I never got anything off of that. Granted, um, I use shipped now, so I don't have to interact with cashiers or other people. So that's kind of nice. And Betty pulls out a hammer out of her purse and says, Don't worry, they will be dented. Oh, my goodness. Betty, you cannot bring that into a store. You, uh, you will be tossed out. That could be considered a weapon, a hammer. In today's world, that would probably be considered a weapon. Especially if you're bringing it into a grocery store. Like, ma'am, what were you intending to do with this hammer? And don't tell me you were going to just dent cans with it. Whose head were you going to bash in? So Henry kind of looks at her and is like, Betty, come on now, that's dishonest. And she's like, don't pop your guard or Henry, all right? I'm just returning this hammer to you. Like, oh, okay, so she wasn't actually intending to take it with her to the supermarket. Okay, okay. <laughs> you had me there, Betty. You had me fooled for a sec. So, Henry tells Betty that if I land this job, I'll never have to worry about dented cans again. Is he really struggling? He's got that studio in the mall. How is he struggling? And not to mention, who is running it while he's not there? I mean, is he back to just doing his own little side photography um, projects and stuff? I, uh, you think that his store being in the mall would be bringing in business, not just developing film, but I don't know. It just, it just has me worried. It has me worried. He's actually he's going to be photographing Robert Whitney's birthday party. 
Why does an 11-year-old need a birthday party? Um, I mean, not need a birthday party, because we all do. I don't have parties anymore, but let me tell you, I celebrate my birthday. I embrace my birthday. There are other people that are like, oh, when you get older, you don't really care. Well, you know what? That's not going to be me. I'm always going to love my birthday. I don't care if I'm 87 years old. I'm going to welcome my birthday. So Betty's never heard of this, the Whitney family. And Henry just looks at her like, are you kidding me? You've never heard of the Whitneys of Houston? And I'm thinking, what, Houston, Texas? So are they just here in Chicago to celebrate a birthday? What's going on? So Betty jokes about how, yeah, one of them is my favorite singer. I think that's a nod to Whitney Houston at the time. Um, and Henry tells her that the Whitneys are the wealthiest family in the nation of all the U.S. of A. Oh, my God. Now I can see how important this job would be if he did get it, not to mess it up. So the doorbell rings, and Henry, of course, is freaking out. He takes the hammer. He's probably going to put that under the couch cushion, too. He's like, they're here. Don't, stay, don't say anything stupid, he tells Betty. He's like, ouch, okay. You may as well just have her leave, then, if you're worried about her saying the wrong thing. But she'll be cool. Come on. You know Betty. She isn't going to embarrass you, Henry. Where's Punky, by the way? We haven't seen her yet. Yeah, she's probably hanging out somewhere with Jerry. They're probably at that park development, you know, the vacant lot. Oh my gosh, he's trying to shove that dang hammer in the cushions. Just put it under the couch. And then he shoves Betty, who presumes to fall back onto the couch. Jeez, Henry, most people would have left by now. Like, eh, I guess he's not home, bye. Luckily, he does actually turn when he realizes his mistake, and he just puts his hands to his mouth like, his mouth like oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Didn't mean, I didn't mean to do that. So I'm going to play the clip of Mr. Master Robert Whitney arriving with his butler, chauffeur, kid wrangler person here. They're just, I think they're going to pretty much just lay out what's to be expected at this party and what Henry's duties are going to be. So I'll play this clip. Is this the Watermont residence? Yes, it is, and I am Henry Watermont. Excellent. Master Robert? This is Master Robert Whitney. Hi. And I am his social secretary, Charles Cantrell. The pleasure is mine, as well it should be. <laughs> well, don't just stand there. Haul it in, Chuck. <laughs> So far, you've said two things, and they've both been stupid. <laughs> this is Betty Johnson. She was just leaving. Yeah, I'm on my way to the market to get some dented canned goods for old deep pockets here. Oh, <laughs> oh I, 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 I photographed the cans, and uh, the light bounces off the bench oh, just... Oh, baloney. He saved six cents a can. yourselves at home. Please sit down. Very well. Wait, Master Robert. One can't be too careful. No. Thank you. I was looking for 
Robert as Charles his butler slash chauffeur whatever he is I'll just call him Charles but Betty says hey Chuck get your butt in here and sit on down you too Robert and then Henry's just looking at her like oh my god you uh. Betty this is Betty Johnson you know she was just leaving Betty please go and she turns around like oh Henry just I'm not embarrassing anybody. And she like, he just, we're, I'm getting some dented cans down at the store. So Henry can save like six cents a can and all this. And Henry makes a joke about, oh, oh, the cans. Yeah, I actually photographed the cans and all this. It's like, no, Henry, no, you don't. So they go to sit down, and just before Robert sits down, um, Charles says, no, 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 not just yet. And then he whips out this burgundy-colored cloth napkin for Charles, or, bleh, for Robert to sit down on. And at first I thought, when we saw Robert, I just, my mind is like, this kid's going to be a tootie-fruity snooty boy. He's going to be a little rude butt. He's not. He is actually... A cool kid. When Brandon comes up to him and just starts licking his face and just like, Robert's into it. He's like, oh, hi. And and then, of course, but Charles is just looking at this like, oh, my God, don't let him lick your face. You don't know where that mouth has been. Like, well, yeah, true. Dogs do lick themselves. I don't know what to tell you. Um, And then Henry, of course, tells Brandon, like, Brandon, go away. Go, go, leave him alone. And then Robert turns to Charles and he's like, yeah, but Brandon likes me. And then Charles is like, oh, well, I like you too, but I don't lick your face. I'm like, good, because you would be arrested and thrown in jail. <laughs> but um, Punky comes in and she's got a turtle. When did she have a turtle? When did she get this turtle? I don't know. But she is covered in mud, not head to toe, just her shirt's like really dirty. And she says, you know, when Henry asks her about it, she's like, well, I had to, um, Irving got away from me for a moment, so I had to like jump into a pond and like rescue him. Will we ever see Irving again after this episode? Mm, probably not. So Punky actually, excuse me, invites Robert into the kitchen to wash off the pond scum off of Irving, the turtle. And Robert's like, yeah, cool. This kid just sounds like he's been kind of pent up and he's just like reacting to everything like it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh, the dog licked me. The dog likes me. Oh, I'm going to wipe off pond scum off this turtle shell. So basically, Henry's going to be doing this business deal with the chauffeur slash babysitter. So this guy's clearly in charge of making all the arrangements. He's not the boy's father. It's like, why are you making arrangements with the father? I mean, clearly this 
chauffeur guy, actually, housekeeper guy does everything, and it includes setting up a photographer for Robert's party. So in the kitchen, she's got Irving on the kitchen table, and she's got a little spray bottle and a toothbrush, so she's just going to, you know, get that pond scum off. And she asks uh, Robert, like, hey, do you have uh, any pets? And he's like, well, we do have a turtle pond behind our our house, our mansion, and, but unfortunately, you know, I'm not allowed to go out there and play. This kid, is he, you, they make him seem like he's the president's kid. He doesn't have any freedom. He can't even go outside and play. This poor boy. And he also tells Punky he thinks that he owns shares in a racehorse, but unfortunately, he's never seen the horse. This poor kid. Oh my gosh. I feel so sorry for him. So, Punky tells Robert that, you know, turtle scrubbing is uh, really dangerous. And then Robert's like, oh, turtles bite? And I'm thinking, well, snapping turtles do, but this isn't a snapping turtle. <laughs> no, he, uh, Punky's like, no, I'm uh, using Henry's toothbrush. Punky, please tell me you don't rinse that off and go put that back in the uh, toothbrush container in the bathroom. Please tell me it's this old one, because that is really icky. I mean, she would have enough sense. I mean, she wouldn't want someone to do do that to her, but I'm going to play their interaction from their meeting up to this point and everything like that, because he just seems like he's really open to talking to another person his age because he clearly doesn't seem to get out very often. So all of these experiences, just he's, he's, inter he's embracing these experiences with so much gusto and enthusiasm. Like he's not been let out of his house in a year or ever. So I'll be right back. Chicago society will be there. Hey, Henry, Bobby, 
that's debatable. Is there a problem? Don't you think she might be out of her element in a gathering like this? What do you mean? Well, let's face it, Mr. Wanamont, your daughter isn't exactly the epitome of social grace. Well, she has a few rough edges, but... Well, I do hope you will instruct her in the proper way in which to comport herself. Don't worry, Mr. Cantrell. My daughter will comport herself just fine. I hope so, since your future as a society photographer depends on it. So, she asks, like, hey, why don't you take your jacket off? Because, you know, you don't want to get wet. To get wet. And he's like, oh, that's, it's fine. These are my flake clothes. And she's like, what are you playing, college professor? And he just kind of laughs it off and sits down. In the living room, basically, Henry's got the job. And Charles tells him, you need to take this seriously, and this is the preteen social event of the year. Only the elite, most elite, creme de la creme people are invited. And that's when Punky tells Henry, like, hey, Robert just invited me to his birthday. <laughs> She's excited. And, of course, Charles has to be like, um, I don't know. Do you want your daughter coming to this party? Because this is an event that you have to be really um, put together socially and everything like that as far as your behavior and what he's seen so far of Punky with the dirty clothes, with the turtle, just everything. Charles, of course, is making the assumption, like, I don't think she's going to fit. His big problem is her kind really doesn't seem to be one that would fit in well at a party. He even goes to say, do you really think that she should be going to this? And Henry, of course, is taking offense. It's like, I can assure you my daughter is going to be fine, okay? She will be respectful, responsible, all of that. And Punky is overhearing this, of course, because they have the top half of that swinging door open. So, of course, she's hearing all of this. So, she's like... A little worried, like, oh no, you, you know, I mean, this job is very important to Henry. And even Charles says, you get this job, how your daughter acts at this party is going to define whether or not you get any other jobs like this in the future. So yes, the stakes now are very, very high. I mean, you know, you know that Punky would act accordingly however she's going you know behave she knows that it, she would be respectful and everything like that she's not going to be all loosey-goosey and everything at this party oh we get margo okay we haven't seen her in the last episode and margo sounds like she's jealous maybe she didn't get invited to robert's party and she's like oh my gosh you were invited this is like the biggest social event since princess dies wedding of course, with Margot, it's all about being seen and where to be seen at. And clearly, this is right up Margot's alley. Oh, and she wasn't. So Margot is jealous. She's jealous of Punky. Well, you know what? The reason that Punky got invited is because she interacted with Robert. I don't know, has Margot ever interacted with Robert? Or does she only know of them? So I'm going to play this clip. Yep. The most important event since Princess Knight's wedding? Yep. 
person I know. Thank you. So will you help me? I don't know. I should let you be the laughing stock of the party. Please help me more, go. Punky, punky, punky. You know, you beg really well. What a joy it is to see you grovel. So, of course, Margot is major jelly at the fact that Punky got invited to this party. She didn't. Margot, the one with the flawless skin, the beautiful hair. She's got the connection. She got the poise. She got it all. She dresses appropriately. And Cherry, the whole time, is just laughing her little butt butt off because she's just like, this is classic seeing Margot just practically in tears because she didn't get invited to this creme de la creme fancy pants party. And she and and Cherry doesn't even try to hide like, oh Margo, I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> oh oh my goodness. But Punky is begging Margo, like, please, I need your help to get me through this party and just know how to act refined and stuck up like you. It's like, you're the most stuck up person I know. So, of course, I mean, who else better to go to when, uh, yeah. So, will you please? She's begging, like, with her hands, like, please, Margo, I need your help. I don't like to admit that. I need your help. And Margo's like, oh, Punky. Love to see you beg. And Punky's like, oh, God, I hate this. So now we move on to the living room where Margot is going to school Punky in the finer things of everything Margot Kramer fanciness. Margot Kramer, Snooty Patootie 101. So, of course, Cherry's like, why do I have to listen to this? music and all this stuff. Why am I here? And Punky turns to Cherry and says, you know what? For three reasons. One, you're my best friend. Two, because everybody should learn some new manners. And three, because if you weren't here, I would flat out strangle Margot. And Henry kind of passes them and says, uh, looking at these three, it's like, yeah, you guys, you are up to no good, clearly. Because he's got to head to the studio so he can clean those lenses for the party and everything. So Henry takes in uh, Margot's fancy dress and says, Oh, Margot, you look so pretty. And Margot, of course, takes that compliment and says, You know what? Mr. Warnemont, you look nowhere near as elderly as you normally do. <laughs> like, uh, thanks. <laughs> so now Margot kind of schools Punky. Um, she quizzes her. Like, all right. First of all, thing you do, politeness. Always repay. A, a, Quinn, what are you doing? I'm trying to record a podcast. Why are you all crazy? You are going to fall off that banister, baby. What is going on? Whoa, see, I told you, you're going to fall. It's something. Sorry, guys, my cat is acting super crazy. I don't know what's going on with her. So, sorry about that, guys. Um, 
Marla pretty much says when someone gives you a compliment, you repay them with a compliment. And then she says, all right, you're at the mansion. You walk in. What do you say? And Punky says, nice place you got here. Must have set you back a pretty penny. And Cherry kind of looks at uh, Punky and just gives her the A-OK, -okay, like, sounds good to me. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, baby girl, that is not uh, how you uh, uh, <laughs> give someone a compliment, <laughs> especially on their house, and say it must have set them back quite a bit. <laughs> that is actually an insult. <laughs> That'd be like me going to Buckingham Palace or going to some other rit some ritzy fancy house and saying, hey, Wow, looks like you're uh, two steps away from being in the poorhouse, huh? Judging by uh, your fancy place you got here. Like, mm, no. So, of course, Margot tells Punky, shows her the correct way to greet your host. Just say, thank you for inviting me and what, how lovely it is for me to be here in your wonderful, beautiful home. And, of course, Margot is staring at the door so she does not see both Punky and Cherry like uh with their fingers down their throats like, oh, it's like yeah sweet Punky um even though Margot is annoying and I agree yeah she is very annoying some of what she's saying you might want to take to heart especially since you really want to wow these people I mean you did ask for her advice and her help did you not so next, Margot moves on to sitting, and she's like, all right, let me see how you guys sit. This is very important. So they both sit, like they're plopped down on the couch. Punky's got one leg kind of tucked under her knee, and Cherry's got both legs hanging wide, wide open, and Margot's like, guys, you're supposed to sit like you're you know, a proper way, not like you're a couple of dock workers who are on a lunch break. So Margot sits down, one leg crossed over the other, and she places one hand over the other on top of her knee. Now Margot invites them to try, and they do. They sit there with the straightest face, sit down, cross one leg over the other, and have both hands kind of just draped alongside either side of their knee. And it's like they're trying hard not to laugh. Like, this is my Margot pose. <laughs> this is my impression of Margot. And we get a shot of Brandon. He's looking at them like, this is not my normal Punky. What is going on? And Punky's just sitting there, and she kind of talks out the side of her mouth to... Cherry, like, I feel like a Muppet. <laughs> and Cherry kind of uh, responds with, uh, you're looking kind of green. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip uh, as Margot is kind of schooling them in the finer things of how to talk, how to sit. What about the whole thing with sitting down and eating, like, as far as all those forks and everything, and how to walk, how to, you know, basically... I don't know. I She's doing the best she can, I guess. Punky can pretty much just take it with a grain of salt and do the best she can. Why do I have to learn good manners, too? I have three good reasons. Number one, you're my best friend. Number two, everyone should learn good manners. Number three, if you're not here, I will strangle her. <laughs> 
off to the studio to clean these lenses for the party. What are you three up to? Oh, nothing, Henry. Just girl stuff. Hi, girl. You look very pretty today. Thank you, Mr. Warnemont. And might I add, you look nowhere near as elderly as you really are. Thank you. I think. Punky, that's lesson number one. Always repay a compliment with a compliment. What's lesson number two? Greeting your host. What's the first thing you say when you arrive at the Whitney's mansion? I say, great place. Must have sent you back a bundle. <laughs> no, 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 no. When you greet your host, you say, thank you for inviting me. And might I add, it's a pleasure to be a guest in your tastefully decorated home. <laughs> Next, I shall teach you how to sit. Oh, we know how to sit, don't we, Cherry? Yeah, after eating and sleeping, it's probably the thing I do best. <laughs> okay, let's see how you sit. two cups of iced tea to hold in the palm of their hand. The That's not how you hold a cup. She's basically like, okay, you're going to work on your posture. Hold these cups. You're palm, palming these cups while you walk. And they're trying. They're walking very, very slowly. She's like, all right, now you're going to sit down. And they sit. But instead of them being flat palmed, they do kind of have their fingers pressed up around the bottom of the cups, which I don't see, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to see people at the party palming these cups. They're pretty much, you think a normal person holds a cup with their fingers around the body of the cup itself, not palming the bottom of it, just hoping it'll stay there. That's not how that but, I mean, it's a good balance thing. Of course, they end up spilling it on her. That's the scream you hear. So, Margot tries to keep, like, she she freaks out and screams. 
But then she, like, gets a grin on her face. Like, that's what I, like, I expected. So I don't know if it's, like, Amy Foster who plays Margo, whether she was trying to keep a straight face throughout the whole thing, and she just kind of broke character a little. Or maybe this is just Margo, like, I knew you guys could not do this. So now it looks like we're moving to the party. As we get an outside shot of what looks like a brick man, or, uh, this is a really pretty house. I really like the structure of it. It is brick. It's got like, um, it's made of brick. It's a really nice looking house. I'll say that much. I'm not an architect, so. So at the party, we see the birthday cake for Robert. We see, it looks like a simple sheet cake. And it's like, there are a lot of kids here. So they're going to have itty bitty dainty sized pieces, I'm sure. The boys are all wearing tuxes with ties. The girls are wearing little flowy, fancy, fancy, puffy dresses. So Robert looks like he's uh, standing next to Charles, um, greeting the guests that are coming in. Henry comes in, and he's like, all right, Punky, come on. Punky's kind of hiding around the, uh, the door frame there. And she comes out. She's got this fake fur. It's little fluffy white thing and she takes it off and she's got this really pretty like baby blue pale blue dress and the um thing bar um the thing scrunchy thing in her hair matches her dress which is really nice i'm just trying to remember the last time we actually saw her in a dress um, I mean, I remember the changes episodes when she, uh, she was living with that family and she was kind of wearing a black type dress that was low cut. Um, before that, remember the, um, what? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. What was that? The, the episode, the, uh, Miss Adorable pageant thing. She wore a dress for that. So she doesn't normally wear dresses too, too much. So she's just trying to get... Because she's trying to straighten the bottom of it. Because it looks like it's just kind of twisted or something. She's just trying to adjust. So. She looks really uncomfortable as heck in that dress. And she kind of tosses her, you know, holds her head up high. And throws her shoulders back. Like she's trying to be, you know, pristine and, you know, high society. Kind of like what Mar Margot pretty much told her to do. So. So Charles greets... Henry is like, oh, isn't your daughter coming? Of course, he doesn't see that Punky is right there. And, of course, he is taken aback. Like, whoa, this is your daughter. Even Robert's like, oh, my gosh, Punky, is that you? Just, you know, the last time he saw her, she was, like, covered wearing a muddy shirt. So she's got a, she's trying to throw on a, uh, a little accent, hoity-toity accent. Like, of course it is, Robert. She's like, it's a... Pleasure to be a guest at your tastefully decorated home. Even Henry's like, oh my gosh, where is my daughter? Where is my punky? And what have you done with her, little girl? <laughs> so as they walk away, Henry does kind of question her, like, what's going on here, punky? And she's like, oh, whatever do you mean, father, Henry? He's like, oh, you're acting so refined. What? And it's like, well, she, of course, overheard, you know, she wanted was told that she'd have to be on her best behavior if she wanted to go. So, guys, I'm going to play uh, her and Henry's entrance and just this accent she's pulled out. It's very taste tastefully done. Good evening, Mr. 
Mrs. Roberts, thank you for inviting me. And might I add, it's a pleasure to be a guest at your tastefully decorated home. <laughs> I must say, I am surprised. You're not the only one. What's going on here? What do you mean? Oh, you're acting so refined, so elegant. <laughs> Nothing like you at all. Well, you see... Mr. Watermont, shouldn't you be snapping away? <laughs> Good evening. Shirley Temple? No, Punky Brewster. <laughs> How droll. I'm in hysterics. <laughs> goes around to mingle taking pictures of the kids and you know just before he's doing that he's kind of complimenting punky on her manners and everything like that and she starts to say i think she's going to say well i overheard you and charles talking to each other about my manners and everything and but she gets interrupted by charles who tells henry like i paid you to take pictures of the children start snapping away Punky decides to kind of go and mingle, and this older boy comes up to her, and there's a maitre d' there who's got a tray of drinks, and he says, Shirley Temple, and Punky's like, I'm Punky Brewster. He's like, oh, how droll. Are you kidding me? Is that a child's drink of a Shirley Temple? She clearly, you know, did not know that Shirley Temple is an alcoholic drink. I can only hope they are not serving alcohol to these children. So, Punky tries her new manners out on a couple girls who are discussing, quote-unquote, the market, the stock market, because I'm sure their parents have put money for them into the stock market. And... Oh, Punky's like, oh, I know about the market. And they're like, oh, do you have any tips? And she's like, yes, day-old donuts are very, very hard. And the girls just look at her, roll their eyes, and get up and leave the table. And Punky just kind of sits down with her fist, you know, head on her fist, like, this is not going well. So Henry's now taking pictures of a group of kids that are all hanging out by this um, chair here, this couch chair, lounge, chase lounge, whatever the heck it's supposed to be. Is that a chase lounge? So Henry asks for a big smile. These children have never clearly smiled a day in their life because they look at him blankly like, a smile? What is that? I do not know. I have never smiled a day in my life. We are clearly children of the 1700s, where we did not smile back then. He's like, okay, kids, come on now. Say cheese. Smile. Smile. One of these kids, boy in the middle, is attempting to smile. Like, which looks more like a grimace. These other kids, oh my god, they are so droll. Oh, he just had to say the right words. He's like, say inheritance. And they're like, inheritance. Smile! 
Pink smiles. Oh yeah. That girl, the one other one sitting on the couch with the less poofy sleeves, is looking off at somebody. Probably her mother off stage, who's telling her to smile big. So now we go back to Punky at the party, and she is trying to load up a small little plate with what is that? A giant lobster tail, which pretty much takes up the whole space of that little plate. So she drops some little something on the floor, and when she leans down to pick it up, that whole lobster tail thing falls on the floor. Well, I'm sure you just cost that family a good uh, 500 or more dollars for that lobster tail that fell on the floor. So she's trying to be, like, not noticeable by just trying to, like, right, let me get the thing under the table here. No one, no one's e even watching her, so she's she's good. It's fine. Actually, she didn't even get it under the table, to be honest. Now she's kind of, like, hurrying away, like, I didn't do that. Charles is kind of, actually, someone is watching her. Charles is kind of watching her over by the food, seeing what she's doing. And she goes for the punch. She just scoops a cup and she does not use the ladle at all. She's going to get punch on her dress because there's going to be droplets of punch kind of coming off of the bottom of that glass cup that she's using. I can see it. I can see it now. It's going to spill down the front. Oh, my goodness. She's looking around for ice. Do you have ice with your fruit punch? What do you think, Quinn? Ice? No ice? Nah, she don't care. Um, she sees the swan. Oh, no. Punky, please tell me you're not going to break the swan's head off for ice. She did. She broke off the swan's head with the bottom of a serving knife. And she looks at it like she wasn't expecting it to come off that easily. Like, her eyes bulge out like, oh, my God. Oh, I just made a bad mistake. She's going to get kicked out of that party. Yes, Charles has got his eye on her, and he's got his head in his hand like, oh, no. He brings a hand to his face like, oh, this girl is ruining everything. She's really not because nobody is paying attention except for you. Why are you so focused on this one girl? No one else cares. I mean, is he going to get fired because she's, like, going around and doing stuff? Guy, you need to loosen up your britches, because you are an uptight wiener. She takes the swan's head and puts it big first into her cup of fruit punch. <laughs> like, here you go, little, little swan you want to drink? Here's some fruit punch. She is attempting now to try to get the... It's broken, sweetie. You can't fix it. You can't... It won't just sit back on its neck. That head is pretty much... You may as well just leave it there by the garnish. I mean, if you think about it, it was really merely just decoration. They probably have another one somewhere. I want to see how much one of those ice sculpture swans would even cost. Hold on. So I looked it up. They can cost anywhere from like 300 up to 1000 or if you want a really talented sculptor, it can cost up to $4,500, so $4,500. Holy moly. So she just rests the head on the swan's back and then puts a little napkin over the nub of the neck where the head used to rest, so that way maybe no one will notice. Well, somebody did notice. 
And I just see, these kids aren't even looking in her direction, so. Oh, it looks like she gets to try some nasty pate. Ugh. I've never tried it. I don't think I want to try it. It sounds really nasty. Because Punky sees some other girl trying it who's probably had it before. And Punky, oh, I know, I just noticed that she's got this really pretty gold heart necklace. But anyway, yeah, she's not going to like that. She calls it, like, this plaid jelly or something is pretty salty. And this girl looks at Punky from across the uh, buffet table and is like, It's not jelly. It's caviar. Like, girl, go away. Did I ask for your opinion, little girl? I did not. Oh, it's caviar. It's not pate. And she said, uh, the girl clarifies it's actually fish eggs. Oh boy, you just swallowed some fishy eggs. And Punky's eyes bug out at that. She does not like the idea that she just ate some little fishy babies. I bet she thinks the fish are going to come alive and start to swim around in her body. So the girl is still hanging around like, oh, don't you like it? And Punky's like trying to like play it off and be cool like, uh, sure, it's, uh, I gotta go. So she, she plays it off like, oh, it's fantastic. I think I'll take the rest home. Do they have any fishy bags? Like doggy bags? <laughs> well, that got that girl the heck out of there, didn't it? <laughs> she, like, looks at Punky blankly and walks away. So Henry comes over to her and says, hey, I've been getting some great shots of this party. And Punky takes a sip of, like, water or something to kind of clear her throat. And she just is like, oh, that's awesome, Henry. That's really, really great. So these two girls walk past Henry, and she says, my birthday party's next week, and it's gonna put this one to shame. And Henry, of course, offers his services with his little card. And the girl's pretty much, the girl just kind of looks at him and sneers, like, we already got someone we're going with. We're not going with you. So she turns, and Henry puts his business card in her little bow on her head as she walks away. So I'm going to play the reaction with uh, Robert and Punky here. Punky, uh, sorry I haven't had a chance to talk to you. How's Irving doing? How troll. Forget Irving, he's a mere tortoise. Would you like to go see our turtle pond? I couldn't possibly, I might soil my frock. Punky, who's gotten into you?
responsible. I'm sorry, Charles. Oh, it's my fault. I was the one who was hungry. Mr. Monomon, perhaps we could avoid further incidents if your daughter would wait in the kitchen with the help. What? Let's be honest. Once a ragamuffin, always a ragamuffin. Don't talk about my daughter like that. Oh, come now. Anyone can see that she doesn't belong with well-bred children. These aren't children. They're little stockbrokers and children's bodies. <laughs> you, sir, are fired. And you, sir, are a bozo. <laughs> I demand that you both leave immediately. With pleasure. Come on, Frankie, let's blow this mausoleum. <laughs> Sorry, I messed things up. It wasn't your fault. You were only trying to help me. If I had been more refined, more ladylike. <laughs> I don't want you to be anything but yourself. I admire you just the way you are. Okay? Okay. Thanks, Henry. I thought I asked you to leave. You have absolutely ruined this party. Charles, put a sock in it. <laughs> they didn't ruin my party. You did. I did? Yeah, you invited a bunch of stiffs. But they are rich and powerful stiffs. Charles, go call my father and ask him for something. Ask him for what? A reference. <laughs> my party could have been more fun. Well, I have an idea that might liven things up. I don't know if we should do it. <laughs> Would Charles hate it? Yeah. Then what are we waiting for? <laughs> So the first interaction, you know, at the party that we get with uh, the conversation between Robert and Punky, he's a little put off by her fancy acting, and she's like, I'm doing this for Henry and everything like that, and he's just like, I like the old Punky, that's why I invited you. You're not like all these people, that's exactly why I invited you. And, you know, of course... Charles comes over and he's like, you have more important people to talk to. And then Henry comes over like, hey, how's the food? Punky's like, it's all right. You know, here, it's pretty uh, wild here. Let me grab you an apple. She grabs an apple that, you know, from the tray of oranges, apples, and what have you. And, of course, it spells out all over the table. Charles sees this, comes over, and screams at Henry, like, how dare you? Your daughter is not fit to mingle with high society children. She should be in the kitchen with a cook. And Henry looked at him like, excuse me? You don't talk to my child that way. And you know what? You know, he, uh, Charles ends up firing Henry. He's like, you know what? That's great. Because you are a bozo. And Charles comes over and he's had enough. It's like, excuse me, um, Charles, she didn't ruin my party. You did. And you know what? Why you call my father? And Charles is like, why? He's like, so you can get a reference. As in, you're fired. You can leave. Yeah, and I'm like pumping my fist. Like, yes, Robert, go. Yes, kick his butt. It's like, you work for Robert. Sir, so you can take your falutin' fanny fanny and you can just 
exit the premises, <laughs> vacate the premises. So, um, Charles leaves and, um, Punky's like, you know what, Robert, I apologize. I think I have an idea of what we could do. And Robert's like, will it make Charles mad? And Punky's like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, in the next scene, we got all the kids. They're all bent down. I'm not sure what they're doing. They have bare, they're bare feet. Okay, okay. Oh, this is so cool. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, wait, hold on. Three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve turtles. And they have, like, the fruit and, like, apples and oranges and everything surround, like, in a circle. Oh, are they going to have turtle races? So Henry's kind of snapping pictures. This is fun. This is fun. All right, a turtle broke through the, uh, the circle. He, he's the winner. Aww. Punky's holding up the winning turtle, and she's got her arm around Robert. Robert's got his arm around her. He's not wearing a suit anymore, and they're smiling. It's like, oh, this is so sweet. So it ended good. You know, before I saw this episode, I, I was really worried that Robert was going to be a jerk to Punky, but no, completely the opposite. He was a sweetheart. He just wanted somebody who was cool, who was not a stuck-up pain-in-the-butt trust fund child, who had no personality. And um, that's great. I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give this one a four out of five. I took one off for Charles. Charles was absolutely the worst. Um, I liked how awesome Robert was in the beginning when Brandon, like, gave him a hug and a kiss and, and licked his face and Robert didn't push him away. He just loved it. And how welcoming he was of Punky, you know, when, when they were brushing off um, the turtle. Irving, and also um, Margot giving Cherry and Punky lessons on high refinery. Um, with, um, I'm going to say a combo of Henry telling off Charles and Robert telling off Charles. Of course, the ending with the whole thing, the kids and the turtles was awesome. Um, Punky's principles. Just be yourself when it comes to a party. You know how to be respectful and everything like that. Just use your best judgment. But don't try to be something that you're not. All right, let's say hey to some new listeners, Punky Power listeners. We got uh, Punky Peep listeners. <laughs> Abu Dhabi, Bakersfield, California, Toronto, Canada, Ashburn, Virginia, Laurel, Maryland, Landisville, Pennsylvania, the Philippines, Fredericton, Canada, Worcester, Maine, or Massachusetts, uh, Washington, D.C., Eagle River, Arkansas, Temecula, California, Mountain View, California, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Centerville, Maryland, London, United Kingdom, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Austin, Texas, Newburgh, New York, Palermo, Italy, Germany, Rossin, Wisconsin, Sunderland, Massachusetts, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Indonesia, Bell, California, Lille, France, Frederick, Maryland, New York, New York, Dayton, Ohio, Roland Heights, California, Queenstown, Maryland, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Inglewood, California, San Diego, California, France, Evansville, Indiana, Rosedale, Maryland, and Santa Clara, California. 
And I'll talk about the episodes I'll be doing Sunday and next week. Sunday, I'm doing one of the biggest episodes, I feel, not only of the season, of season three, but of the entire show. Season three, episode 15, entitled The Anniversary, which aired on November 17th, 1987. Punky is concerned about the way Cherry always seems to act every year on the 9th of May. She soon learns that it was the day Cherry's parents were killed in a car accident. This has got to be the best acting I've ever seen out of Cherry Johnson. She really brings it. Tangled Web, which I'll be doing next week, is Season 3, Episode 16, which aired on November 20th, 1987. When Punky pretends to be an elderly woman and sneaks into an R-rated movie, Cherry and Margot cover for her truancy at school. All right, everybody, have a great weekend, and I will see you on Sunday with the anniversary episode. All right, bye-bye.